Hey y'all, um, welcome back to Peer Into the Darkness. Um, unfortunately, it's been a long time since I could record. Um, life gets in the way, you know, COVID hit. That's my excuse for everything. Is, oh, COVID hit, but really, um, COVID hit, my grandmother died, I started college. I just really haven't had time to do anything, uh, much of anything, you know, recording or researching. And then, I just, I, I lost motivation. I'm not going to lie. I just, I didn't want to do it. I couldn't find the motivation to even clean my room, um, much less do anything else. And so I think that um, um, sometimes it's okay to take breaks and do things for yourself. It's not selfish. It's self-care. And... So, yeah. But I'm back. Um, have I ever introduced myself? Like, have I given a name? Uh, I'm Ness. I don't think I've ever given a name on this podcast. Uh, um, I'm Ness. And yes, I did name, my, name myself after the Loch Ness Monster. Um, you know a little bit, a little fact about me. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and before I um, start telling the story, I just want to say... An election day is coming up. I'm, I'm currently recording this um, at 9.30 p.m., the Sunday before election day. And people need to get out there and vote. That's all I can say. It is your duty, and it is your right as an American person to vote. And since this is my podcast, and I can say whatever I want, um, I am very pro-Biden. Biden-Harris 2020. Um, you know I'd rather have... Biden office than Donald Trump any day of the week. I don't care. Trump is a horrible person. I just, I don't think he's done anything good as a president. And I don't care what you say. Oh, we did good for the economy. I don't think so. I don't think so. If Trump can say, and he did say in his first presidential debate, that Biden and Obama inherited an economy that was already growing, and they kept it growing. Then Trump inherited an economy that was already growing. Um, but I don't think he, I don't think he really did anything good for the economy. And then refusing to, he, I mean, he's withholding. You know, they passed a relief aid, and he's withholding it until he gets reelected and all this other stuff. And he won't um, leave the office peacefully. It's just, it's just a hot mess. A hot mess. He's a terrible president. A terrible person. Just not good for America at all. I don't, I, I've always said, I don't like to let politics run my life, but supporting Donald J. Trump is, I can't let, I can't let you have an influence over me. I can't call you a friend. I can't in earnest call you a friend if you don't, if you support a man that doesn't support most of America. Women, POC, but. BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, or People of Color, um, LGBTQ people, no, he doesn't support any of that. And he's just a horrible person. Um, so please vote, you know, Biden Harris 2020, um, all that good jazz. So let's get into today. Whoa, let's get into today's. Let's get into today's episode, which is known as the Lent Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. I have chosen this simply because the Lent Mansion is near where I grew up. Um, and I got all my information from Wikipedia, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and Nidorama.com. 
Also, I learned in this podcast that I am not good at research. No, it's not that I'm not good at research. It's that I'm not good at compiling my research into a cohesive story. I'm good at learning a bunch of stuff, but I am not good at um, making a cohesive story. And so, um, I'm so sorry, I'm not mean to yawn. That is very unprofessional of me. Um, I try to organize this information into like a story format. So, I don't know if I'll do it like this again, but... The story of the Limp Mansion is the story of an American dream gone bad. John Adam Limp, a German immigrant who came to America in 1938, settled down as a grocer. Soon, however, he decided to become a brewer. Stop. Soon, however, he decided to become a brewer. His lager was his bestseller after all. He died a millionaire, but soon after his family... But soon after this... His family and company fell into ruin. His heir, William J. Limp, built a brewing empire that spanned five city blocks. However, he was not known to be a nice man. His children would tell tales of him bringing a pistol to dinner to ensure that everything went smoothly. If his children acted up or refused to eat dinner, he would level the pistol at their head and tell them to eat or play nice. William's fourth child... Frederick Limp was his favorite. Frederick was supposed to take over the company upon William's death, but but tragedy would strike. William was diagnosed with tuberculosis. He died in 1901 at the age of 28. This did not sit well with William. On February 13th of 1904, William dismissed himself from breakfast and retired to his study. A while later, a shot rang throughout the house. He had completed suicide in his study. And so his oldest son, um, who was also named William, William Jr., was the first to. There are disputed accounts, but one account that I read is that he was the first to find his father, that he ran up the stairs into the study and found his father dead. Um, Another account said it was a maid. I'm not really sure, but we do know that he killed himself in his study. Um, upon his death, the company was passed on to his eldest son, William. Uh, William, so the father's name is William and the son's name is William. Um, I'm probably just gonna call the son William Squared. Yeah. William Squared and his wife, Lillian, whom was called, whom they called the Lavender Lady. Um, she was actually called this because lavender was her favorite color and she wore on everything. She wore everything lavender. If she went out on town, the horses were to be done up in lavender. The um, the bits, I think, the thing that goes in the mouth, I think they call it the bit, or the bridle, or, um, I don't know, any of, all the head stuff was done up in lavender. The reins were in lavender. Um, everything was in lavender. Um, so Lillian, you know, the lavender lady, took over the house. They spent quite a bit of money on lavish, unneeded things. Much like Cardi B, who spends a ridiculous amount of money on Gucci baby clothes. Uh, <laughs> but that is beside the point. Um, William squared and Lillian had one child, a son they named, you guessed it, William. Much like his namesake, William squared was not a nice man, nor was he a good father. He soon grew tired of his wife and would give her a thousand dollars a day to spend. Um, and what he would do is he would tell her that morning 
Lillian, here is your $1,000. You cannot come home until you spent all this money. And if you do come home without spending this money, then your allowance has been revoked. Now, mind you, this was in the early 1900s. So, um, I had, to, I had to go look it up. I went to inflationcalculator.net, and so according to them, if you spent $1,000 in 1913, that is the equivalent of spending almost $27,000 um, in today's money. And so she had to spend all of it, or she would have her uh, allowance revoked. While she was gone, he would live it up. So, whenever um, William Limp, the first William, William Sr., decided to expand the brewing company, he found a bunch of caves underneath the mansion they were living in. And that spread underneath the, um, that spread, and he used those as storage. Um, and so, William Jr., or William Squared, decided that there was a much better use um, for this basement and caves, and he created a tunnel system and essentially had turned it into a bachelor pad uh, for him and all of his friends. Sorry. Um, uh, he would throw lavish parties and bring in sex workers and to entertain him and his friends. Um, it is rumored that he actually got a woman pregnant, and the woman came to William, and was like, look, you have me, you got me pregnant, I can't take care of this child, here, take it. Um, and the child that, the child had a severe birth defect. Um, I've seen some people describe it as Down syndrome, um, I'm not really sure, but the child was deformed, and well, we're not even sure if the child exists, this is just a rumor. Um, but William Square did not want this child, he did not need another child, and he was afraid that if um, people of high-class society found out that he had a child, um, he would be ridiculed. And so he sent the child away to live in the attic. Um, that way no one could know that the child existed or that it was his, and it was tended by a nanny. And so they had a hidden room, um, basically a disappointments room. And disappointments room, disappointment rooms, um, have a sad history of essentially being rooms that parents would send their either mentally ill or physically disabled children to to live out their days. And this would be an attic or a basement or a far part of the house, and they were not allowed to leave the room. That was their room, and they stayed there. Um, and so the um, nurse or maid that they took care of the child named him Zeke. And Zeke spent his entire life in the attic. Um, so it's, you know, this is all rumor, this is all hearsay, but there are a couple of accounts from uh, maids and servants that confirm that the child existed. Eventually, William Squared grew tired of Lillian and divorced, and this sparked a big controversy in high-class um, society, because people didn't divorce then, people did not divorce, and so when they divorced, it was, it was big news. Um, he did this, of course, so he could party it up and expand his bachelor, bachelor pad. Um, after the death of William Squared's mother, 
William began to spiral down. He was not a good leader and made some several bad decisions, and this caused the company to fall apart. Then, Elsa Limp, William Squared's youngest sister, completed suicide in 1920. Um, but there was some controversy to if she actually um, killed herself, shot herself. Um, because she had been married to a man named Thomas Wright, and Elsa and Thomas had a very rocky and unstable sometimes relationship. Um, they got married really quickly, even for that time. And so, um, you know, there was big talk among people that maybe it was, um, a murder. He had killed her, killed her himself and masked it, masked it as a suicide. And as of the time that I was reading this article, they were making a movie called The Case for Elsa Limp, which, um, I would recommend anyone to see. I, I, it doesn't even exist yet, but I can't wait to see it. Um. So then he spiraled down, and he completed suicide in the mansion, too. In the same manner that his father did, and he had shot himself as well. And so now we have three of the Limp family who com um, completed suicide. Um, of course, once he did that, William Limp III or William Cubed, was supposed to take over the company, and he lived a pretty um, unremarkable life. There wasn't really anything in the newspapers about him, and he died of an heart attack at the age of 32. 42. Um, but then in 1929, Billy's... Um, whoa. Why did they switch from Billy to... William's reclusive brother... Charles Limp had moved back to the Limp Mansion with his dog. Um, he was described to be a recluse. He never went out. He never had um, any friends over. He didn't have friends. There was no... Um, he didn't entertain people. There was no social outings. His family um, and people who he knew through the business described him as sour and angry. Um, in 1941... Charles sent a letter to a local funeral home giving them explicit instructions in the, in the event of his death. He requested that his body not be bathed or changed prior to being cremated. He wanted no funeral service or published obituaries. Eight years later, eight years after sending the letter, Charles shot his dog and then himself in the Limp family mansion. He was the last Limp to occupy the home. The Limp Mansion became a boarding house when it was sold after Charles' death. Charles's Charles's death. The once magnificent magnificent structure began to deteriorate and was in a severe state of disrepair when the Richard Pointer family purchased it in 1975 in order to convert it to a restaurant. As the renovations began, the Pointers experienced a number of unexplained occurrences. Once, when Richard Pointer was painting. Um, William Limp's former bathroom. I think this is the father. Yeah, I didn't say second or third. Um, he was frightened into leaving early. In his words, he said, I was painting the bathroom by myself. There was no one else in the house, and I felt someone behind me watching me. I mean, it was a terrible feeling, really. The most burning sensation you could have. I get goosebumps now, thinking about it. I turned around and nothing was there. I started working again and got the same feeling, so without looking behind me, I cleaned my paintbrushes and got the hell out of there. 
Um, then he hired artist Claude Breckwalt to restore the mansion's hand-painted ceilings. Um, and Breckwald was not told that the mansion was potentially haunted. Um, but he also had a familiar, familiar, similar experience. He said, I was on the scaffolding, lying on my back and painting the ceiling in the dining room. When I got the feeling that someone was staring at me, I felt as though they were... Oh, I was lying on the scaffolding, um... <sighs> Stop. Rewind. I was on the scaffolding, lying on my back, and painting the ceiling in the dining room when I got the feeling that someone was staring at me. I felt as though they were in the hallway just outside the room, but I couldn't see anything through the frosted glass doors. I went on working, and about an hour later, the feelings returned. It was weird, just like I had to get it, like I just had to get out of there, right and then. He left without even cleaning up. He didn't even lock the door behind him. He just got up and ran out. And then he called um, Richard Pointer and told him that place is crazy. You must have a you must have a ghost in there or something. Um, Dick Pointer was in the mansion once, um, sleeping alone except for his dog, a Doberman a Doberman Pinscher named Shadow. Um, he and Shadow woke to what sounded like a loud bang or a kick on the wall outside his bedroom. A subsequent search of the house found nothing and no one that could have made that sound. Again, Dick was home alone in the mansion, trying to clean and close the restaurant portion with, um, oh, no, he was not alone. He had one other employee with him when they heard two keys played on the piano in the empty mansion. They searched the piano and there was no sound. Um, they searched the room that the piano was in and all other rooms, and there was no one who could have made the sound. Um, Patty Pointer, um, Richard Pointer's daughter and Dick's sister, and other employees and guests have experienced a multitude of unexplained events. These include a candle on the mantle being inexplicably lit. No one was around, no one had a lighter or a match. The drawer of a furniture um, piece that belonged to the limps opening and closing without the aid of a human hand. Glasses moving, objects, objects disappearing and reappearing in different locations, and then voices. And some people even reported hearing the um, clip-clop of horses' feet on the, um, you know, the pathway that leads to the carriage house. The pointers... I actually think they still own the mansion. Um, say that they've lost a bunch of employees due to the ha supposed haunting. Um, a former waitress, Bonnie Strangham Stranghorn, said, um, when asked why she quit, said, Early one morning, I was doing, I was going through the house making sure that everything was as it should be, as the restaurant opened, when I noticed a dark-haired man seated at the table in what was originally the Limp family dining room. He was facing away from me, so all I could see was the outline of his shoulders and head. I was surprised to see someone in the restaurant so early, but when I asked him if he wanted a cup of coffee, he did not answer. I looked away for a moment to flip the light on. When I turned around, he had vanished. This haunting is what made her quit. She turned in her um, stuff that day and said she was never coming back. So, 
There's some speculation on um, if maybe the Limp family haunting was a result of a curse, if the caves that they were using for storage had been cursed by someone or something, or they released a demon whenever they broke ground to build the house. Um, I'm not really sure, but I do know that it is a tragic, tragic story of what can happen um, to anyone in America. You know, they were immigrants and they became wealthy. I mean, they were the children of immigrants and they became wealthy. And yet, they lived an unhappy life. Ow. Something just bit me or something. Um, so thank you for listening to this podcast, um, this week's episode. Um, and I want to say I'm sorry for being gone. And the audio quality might be a little low right now because I'm in the market for a new microphone. And I apologize if it is. Um, so be careful whenever you're peering into the dark. Because you'll never know what's peering back at you.